Hello. I'm so glad you could be with me today in the Unfolding the Word ministry. We've been working our way in an extended study, verse by verse, through 1 John, that first epistle of John. We're in the fourth chapter. Today, I want to pick up our reading in that fourth chapter in verses 14 and 15. Listen to these words. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he in God. In the fourth chapter, context-wise here, in the fourth chapter of 1 John, we've been looking at a number of reminders. As I've shared with you several times, 1 John is set up in a sort of circular fashion. A number of core truths are covered, and then God comes back and covers them again, and then comes back and covers them again. And we're in one of those recycling of these truths. God is underscoring for us how important all of these truths are. I hope you understand that. It's not redundancy in the bad sense, but in the good sense. We've been reminded in the fourth chapter about agape love, how it's part of God's very nature how it was ultimately expressed through the Father sending his Son into the world, through the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, willingly going to the cross on our behalf. It was something, it was a love that God then poured into our hearts as his children once we responded to the gospel by repenting and believing. Therefore, it becomes a proof of our salvation and growth to see it expressed in our lives. Then God wants it expressed. In fact, he wants it expressed in the context of the church especially because that gives a proof to the world that he's alive. We also saw yesterday... God is reminding us of the important role of the inner witness of the Holy Spirit. How, when we responded in repentance and faith to the Lord Jesus Christ, we were indwelt by God's Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. And while the Holy Spirit is carrying out a lot of ministries within us, one of the ministries is to assure us that we are the children of God. He enables us to be responding to the Heavenly Father as Abba Father the term of endearment and family. The Creator is now our Abba Father as well as Creator. Now today, building on these reminders about love, about, about the Holy Spirit's presence within us and the assurance that comes from it, God is reminding us of the importance of persisting in the true doctrine, persisting in the biblical truths that were delivered to us. In the second chapter of 1 John, we saw that persisting in right belief was one of the important proofs that we've actually come to know Christ, that we have new standing and are forgiven in God's eyes. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 24, we read these words, Let what you heard from the beginning abide in you. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, then you too will abide in the Son and in the Father abiding, continuing to show its presence, intimately woven into the life of an individual. God says, listen, the truths about the gospel, the truths about who Jesus is, who the Heavenly Father is, what happened at the cross, these truths are meant to persist in the life of one who has been redeemed. In fact, not only are they meant to persist, but the presence of them persisting becomes a proof that one is redeemed. The lack of clear persistence in truth causes one to question 
the reality of the salvation of an individual. In verses 24 and 25 of that same second chapter, we'll read on. I read you 24, but let's read on and see God's promise about it. He says, let what you've heard from the beginning abide in you. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, then you too will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he's made to us, eternal life. As we are abiding, the promise is ours of eternal life. So persisting belief becomes very important. Now, this doesn't mean that you don't get confused sometimes. It doesn't mean that for a period of time, somebody said something that was a very clever and convincing twisting of the scriptures. And for a while, you drifted that way. But the Holy Spirit working within brings you back. And you find that you're persisting in the core orthodoxy. God's point to us is that, listen, your beliefs, your core continuing beliefs really matter. It makes a difference what you believe. Being a Christian, having new life in Christ, being a child of God is not merely an emotional issue. It's not merely a question of orientation. It's a transformation of life part of which is a transformation of our thinking, so that we align with the truth. The term orthodoxy, which describes that which is really true, orthodoxy in the Christian faith is determined by right beliefs. It's not determined because somebody seems sincere, because you can be sincerely wrong. And it's not determined because somebody is zealous, because you can be very excited and very zealous for something that's a wrong idea. No, orthodoxy ultimately is determined by right belief. What God has said and our acceptance of what God has said, what he's revealed in the scriptures and our reasonable understanding of what he's revealed in the scriptures, studying to show ourselves approved so that we understand the truth God has revealed. Now, throughout 1 John, God's been revealing to us some of these core truths that are supposed to be persisting in the life of one who is truly a believer, truly a child of God. Clearly, as we've seen it a number of times so far, an understanding of the incarnation, a belief that, in fact, the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, is central to orthodoxy. You cannot be an orthodox believer without believing in the incarnation. The incarnation is God has revealed it, the word made flesh to dwell among us. We've talked about and linking to that the very deity of Christ, that he who was in the beginning with God and was God was made flesh to dwell among us. We've talked about the humanity of Christ. He wasn't just an illusion, but rather he was flesh and blood too and lived and died in this world. We've talked about the doctrine of the Trinity throughout the time, talking about the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. This is orthodox doctrine, and it continues, and these are the things being identified. We've talked about the atoning work of Christ on the cross, full atonement. He was the propitiation for our sins. You remember in chapter 2, and then again in chapter 4? He is the propitiation for our sins. So what we've done throughout 1 John, we've encountered, and God wanted us to, 
a variety of these core truths that he says, I want to see these persisting. I want to see these continuing. I want to see these part of who you are. Are you continuing to confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that he lived and that he died and that he rose again? Are you believing those things? Are you continuing to acknowledge them as central to your life? Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he in God. By the way, that word confess that we encounter in verse 15 is the same word confess that we encountered back in the first chapter in verse 9, where it says, if we will confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And in both cases, it's the Greek word homologeo, which literally means simply to admit or to agree with. If we continue to agree with, to admit that those truths that the scripture has revealed to us about who Jesus Christ is, why he came, what he accomplished on the cross, his resurrection from the dead, as we continue to affirm those, we're confessing those truths. And when we confess those truths, God abides in him and he in God. If we confess that stuff, if we continue to remain orthodox, persisting, we have assurance. He lives in us. We live in him. But if we don't continue to persist, if as a pattern we turn our back on these fundamental truths and we begin to reject them and teach other things, then we have no reason for assurance because God makes it very plain. Persisting belief, even in the face of periodic confusion, persisting belief becomes the proof of an individual's relationship with the Lord. So are you persisting? How about your church? Is it continuing to persist in the orthodox truths? How about your pastor? Is he continuing to persist in holding to these truths and proclaiming them to you? Persisting truth is very important, and God draws our attention to it. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he in God. Brothers and sisters, persist in the truth. God bless.